Well, you made it. You made it through Christmas, and I want to welcome you to the Redemption Gateway online service. My name's Luke. I'm one of the pastors at Redemption Gateway, and I want to congratulate you. You made it through another Christmas season. This is a stressful time of year. There's a lot of chaos, and at this point now, the gifts have been opened. Uh, the chaos hopefully has settled a little bit. If your house looks like mine, uh, there's probably still a bunch of presents and wrapping paper and stuff all over the living room. But uh, hopefully you had a really good Christmas, ate something uh, really delicious, had fun with your family. And you might just now be asking, now what? Right, there's that anticipation and that buildup and all that excitement for Christmas. And then you get to the end of it and it's like, okay, now what? What do we do from here? And actually uh, for me and my family, well, I guess really for me and my wife, Molly, this now is for us the most wonderful time of the year. You know, everybody, you've been hearing it for these last few weeks and months, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And everyone's talking about Christmas, but for Molly and I, the most wonderful time of the year is actually the week after Christmas, because it's in that week when we, and we're kind of both planners, we get to sort of plan for the next year. In fact, that's what made last year so hard. I actually had COVID over the holidays last year. And I think part of why 2020 and 2021 just felt to me like they just blended together is because I didn't have this kind of week to prepare and to really look ahead to the next year. And so that's what this moment is. And that's what this message is going to be, is kind of a, a moment to uh, assess and to reflect and to look a little bit ahead into the next year into 2022. What kind of a year is it going to be and how can you prepare for it? Now, you might be a real planner like Molly and I. Uh, you might be a real goals or resolutions oriented kind of person, or you just might be like, a, hey, I go with the flow. I let it roll. You know, hey, whatever. Uh, what will come will come. And whatever the case might be, I just want to say as your pastor, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you to consider a few specific questions. And I think whether you end up turning these into resolutions or goals, whether you write down the answers to these or not, I just think reflecting on these three questions is actually going to have the potential to help you be prepared for 2022, whatever comes and whatever it looks like. So uh, I want to share these three questions with you, and then we'll have a little bit of time where uh, Stephen is going to uh, sing a, a song or two and kind of reflect over that, and then we'll have our time to, to pray at the end. This will be a relatively short service, but I'm glad that you tuned in with us. And uh, let me pray, and then we'll dive into these questions. Let's pray together. God, thank you um, for this year. Thank you for the year that it's been, 2021. Thank you for um, all the different things that we experience, the blessings, God, thank you for the hardships and the pain. God, thank you for what we've experienced together as a church, uh, as we've uh, all been back together this year and had the opportunity to go through the Gospel of John and to consider the different things that you've uh, led us into this year. God, thank you for our Christmas Eve services. Thank you for all the people who came. Thank you for all the people who served and uh, who invited folks. Thanks for all the, the people who came for the very first time to our Christmas Eve services. We pray that the, the seeds of faith that were planted there would blossom over time, that you would work that. But God, right now, we ask for your help that we would consider this year ahead. Help us to prepare. Help us to be wise. Help us to be thoughtful. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the first question to prepare for a great 2022 is this. In this next year, how will you connect with God? As you think about the year to come, you've got a week now, uh, maybe you're watching this a few days after Christmas, but you've got a little bit of time here to think, how will you connect with God? 
One of the verses that we looked at a couple months ago in the Gospel of John was John chapter 15, verse 5. And in that verse, Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Listen, you can make all the money in the world. You can take lots of great trips. You can have all kinds of great promotions. You can have lots of uh, material blessings happen to you. But what Jesus says is that in 2022, if you are apart from him, if you're not abiding in him, connected to him, having his life flow through you, you're actually doing nothing. So we have to be connected to God. In Psalm 73, verse 26, it says this, My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. All these verses indicate this big theme of scripture is that our strength comes from being connected to God. So again, how will you connect with God this year? What are you going to do? See, the reality is we have to feed our faith. Our faith, if we don't feed it, it, it starves. Uh, one of the things I tried at different points over uh, the course of this past year, and maybe you've done this, maybe some of you are planning this for 2022, is uh, intermittent fasting. It's kind of this idea that you usually skip breakfast or people do it different ways. Um, but eventually you eat again. And uh, the reality is when it comes to feeding our faith, we're probably not going to be able to be munching on God's word and all that sort of stuff all day long. But, but we got to do at least something, even if it's intermittent fasting, if it's just once a day, uh, we can't starve ourselves. If we starve ourselves of God's word, if we starve ourselves of connection with him, it's no wonder that our faith is going to be weak and shriveled. And when trials come, instead of God being the strength of our heart, it's going to be like, oh God, where are you? And so how are you going to feed your faith? Now, there's a variety of ways to do this. Uh, one way is by reading or listening to the Bible. You know, some years ago, there was this study, this church paid lots of money to these highfalutin consultants, and they did all this research. They researched all these different people. They figured out that there were people in all these different categories. Some people were kicking the tires on faith. Some people were new to faith. Some people were growing. Some people were mature. And they looked at all the different things uh, that made people grow from one stage of faith to the other. And they kind of looked at what are church activities, what are personal activities. And there was one thing, and you know, only one thing, that they found moved people in every single category. Do you know what it was? Bible reading. <laughs> I just have to laugh thinking about the meeting when uh, the, the consultants came back and said to these pastors, we have found the secret. We found the thing that helps people have strength. We found the thing that helps people grow in their faith. Here's what it is, drum roll. And I just imagine those pastors on the edge of their seats, what could it be? And the consultants say, Bible reading. <laughs> I, mean, I just think... Of course, and yet it's such a basic thing, and yet how easy it is for us, how easy it is for me to neglect it. That's one of the ways we feed our faith. Now, you might go a low-tech route, right? If you go a low-tech route, all you need is a Bible, you need a pen, maybe a notebook. This is actually a really great way to do it. One of my favorite ways to engage with Scripture is the low-tech method called SOAP. Uh, SOAP uh, stands for Scripture, Observations, 
application in prayer. And so you just read a passage of scripture, maybe you find a verse that especially stands out to you and you want to pay attention to it. And so S, scripture, you write it down. You actually write out the verse by hand. That's helpful. And then you make some observations about it. What do you notice? What do you see? Maybe as you reflect on it, then you, you kind of write out, here's some ways that I could apply this to my life or to my family or to my work or to my situation. And then finally, you write out just a short prayer. So there's low-tech ways to connect with God. There's also some really cool high-tech ways. I think about all the different apps. There's the Bible app. Uh, there's the Dwell Bible Listening app. There's great videos, Bible Project on YouTube. Um, there's lots of different ways to connect with God. But my encouragement to you as you think about how to connect with God is that you give some thought. How am I going to engage with Scripture? How am I going to hear God's Word? How am I going to be fueled and fed by God? Another uh, way to feed your faith, another way to connect with God is through prayer. There's a lot of ways to do this. You can make lists of things you want to pray for. A lot of people in our church who've gone through a praying life and some of the other classes we've done do prayer cards where you have a card that kind of represents something you want to continue to pray for over time. Uh, there's great prayer books, and uh, we'll give you some links uh, in, in the thing I'll mention here in a little bit to some of these great resources where actually other people have written out prayers or turned scripture into prayer. But that's another way to connect with God. Another way that I want to have you consider is just silence and listening prayer. Here's what I found. There is just nothing in my life that's urging me and reminding me to slow down, get quiet, be alone, and hear from God. Everything else is the opposite. It's all more urgent and more fast and more volume and more loud and more quick. And uh, I just want to encourage you to slow down and be alone with God. You know, I read something really interesting about Facebook, is that when Facebook was in its early development, they had the notification uh, thing for Facebook, and, and it would pop up, only instead of being red like it is now, it was blue. And they thought, man, this is great. It's blue because it just matches our overall color scheme. It really fits well. But what they found was nobody clicked it. <laughs> so now they make it bright red, and they push these notifications to your phone if you let them. And there's just all this urgency in the world. Notice me, see me, pay attention to me. And yet there God is, and he's always there. And because he's always there and he's not pushing us a lot, we can easily kind of let him fall through the cracks. And I just want to encourage you this year, have an idea for how you're going to connect with him, how you're going to read his word, how you're going to pray, how you're going to get some time alone to listen to the Lord in prayer. Now, we've put together some resources that uh, we'd love you to go check out. If you go to gateway.redemptionaz.com slash 2022, uh, we've got a bunch of different resources. There's Bible reading plans. There's apps you might want to uh, get. There's some books that uh, I use as I kind of spend time with the Lord in prayer. There's just lots of different resources. But here's the thing. When it comes to connecting with God, the best plan you can do is the one you'll actually and you don't have to plan out the whole year. My guess is there's very little of your life that you have planned out for the whole year of 2022. But make some sort of plan. How, how in January, how are you going to connect with God? How are you going to walk with God and feed your faith? So that's the first question. The second question is this. And this gets a little bit even more serious. What will you put in place to navigate the pain that might be coming this year? What are you going to put in place now to have you situated and ready to navigate the pain that might be coming this year? You know, if there's anything the last few years have taught us, it's that we cannot predict the future. 
And while we can't predict the future, one thing we know just keeps happening is pain, trials, suffering of various kinds. Here's how James, the brother of Jesus, describes it in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. James says, not count it all joy, my brothers, if you face trials, but when. This is coming. Trials and pain and difficulty and obstacles and temptations, they're coming, and they are multicolored. In fact, that's what that word means when he says trials of various kinds. The Greek word means multicolored. It's the word used to describe uh, Joseph's multicolored coat. Multicolored trials, they're coming your way, they're coming my way. And the question is, what are you doing now to be ready for them? Because here's the thing, when trials come, you do not want to be starting at zero. And so I want to encourage you to think about a couple of specific areas. One that we've already talked about is your relationship with God. You know, a lot of times we think about um, kind of relationship with God, and, and it makes sense because Jesus says to pray, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And we kind of think about our relationship with God, that we're just sort of making uh, deposits into a kind of checking account, right? I'm going to feed on God's word, and then I'm going to be able to use exactly what I, what I kind of made, what I earned, what I experienced, uh, what I was fed in God's word. I'm going to be able to put that into practice today, right? It's kind of like a checking account. But have you ever thought about that maybe your faith sometimes is also like a savings account? See, there might be times you hear a sermon or you read God's word or you pray and you go, I don't know if that really did that much. But what you might be doing is actually making a deposit of your faith in a savings account that makes it where when the trials come, you're not starting at zero. You're not going, oh no, God, where are you? You actually have something to draw from. Another area where you might need to make some plans now let me ask you this. What about your supportive friendships? Do you have some supportive friendships? I mean, when the world really collapses around you this year, do you have some people you're going to turn to? How many, I call them 3 a.m., how many 3 a.m. friends do you have right now? You may have a bunch. And if you do, uh, you're in a position where if, when the trials come, you're going to have a lot of support. You're going to have a lot of encouragement. Some of you, you, you don't have that. Some of you, you move from other places where you used to have that, and you're now in a new spot. You're in a new city. You're in a new place. You're in a new thing. And, and I just want to encourage you, maybe make part of your priority over these next uh, few months in the early part of 2022 uh, to uh, develop some of these supporting friendships. Because when trials come, man, we need to be glued to God's, God's word, and we need to be glued to each other. The last uh, thing that you just might want to think about is your connection with the church. You know, one of the things that happens sometimes as pastors is we will hear from people who are in a crisis. And anytime that happens, oh man, we are eager to help. There's lots of people in the church who come alongside and who can respond. But it's so much easier when people are already connected when they're not starting at zero, when they have some sense of relationship and they have some sort of network and they have some places you can turn. Listen, trials and pain, they're hard enough. They're excruciating enough. They're, 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 they're terrible to go through. But if you have to go through it starting at zero in a relationship with God, starting at zero in your relationship with friends and your relationship with the church, man, it's that much worse. So I want to encourage you as you think about this next year, make some plans to be ready for the trials that might come, maybe even that will come, whatever they might look like.
Now, the last category is one that I don't really have a verse for. <laughs> the last question, I don't really have a verse for this. This is just kind of wisdom uh, that has served me, and that I want to encourage you as we kind of conclude uh, this talk this morning. Uh, it, it's this question. What pre-decisions do you need to make that will bear fruit all year long? What are some pre-decisions that you can make now? What are some things you, you can decide on now that are actually going to bear fruit later? Uh, probably for you, like for me, uh, life just gets exhausting. I mean, I just feel like so much of the time I meet people who go, hey, how you doing? They go, oh, I'm tired. Right? And, and that's really how we feel the day after Christmas. I mean, we have been sprinting, we've been running, we've been going hard. Um, even a lot of our motivation to have this uh, service be online is just knowing how hard so many people, especially volunteers in our church, have been running. And, and we can just get real tired and real over overwhelmed with life. But one of the things that, that makes life even more exhausting is how many decisions you've got to make. I mean, goodness gracious, there's just a lot of decisions. And I've noticed, I, I kind of pay attention to articles and resources, and I've noticed there's an increase in the number of articles in the last few years about this thing that people are calling decision fatigue. Decision fatigue. It's that exhaustion that you feel when you just have had to make too many decisions. And it's the reality that the more decisions you have to make, actually the worse you get at making good decisions. And so I want to ask you, what are some pre-decisions that you could make now? Uh, there's a woman named Kendra Adashi. Uh, she uh, calls herself the lazy genius, and I don't know enough of her resources to recommend everything she does. I wouldn't recommend anything anybody does. Um, but the lazy genius is kind of an interesting thing. She talks about how to be lazy about the things that don't matter and genius about the things that do. And she has this principle that I think is really interesting. She says that there's a lot of different areas of life where you can just decide once. Decide once. And what she's saying is, you know, a lot of times people are going, oh, I want to try to get a gift for my kid's teacher. What do I get them? What are they like? She says, you know what? Just decide once. I always get my kid's teacher a $5 Starbucks card and a mug or whatever it is. Uh, she says there's lots of other things, right? There's times in life where you sort of, as you age, you realize, you know, I try on different pairs of jeans and they don't all fit well. Ah, but I found a pair I like. She goes, just decide once. That's the kind of jeans I get. For some people, Mondays are real stressful. She says, you know what I did for Mondays? She says, I just decided on Mondays, here's what I wear on Mondays, because I just want to make one decision now. I'll decide once and let that play out later. I experienced this uh, just yesterday with my family. You know, my dad, every year, one of the things that he does is he gives uh, me and my mom and now my wife, Molly, he gives us Christmas ornaments. And uh, somewhere along the way, and I don't know exactly how this happened, he decided that every year for Christmas, he was going to get my mom an angel ornament. He was going to get me a snowman ornament. And uh, then when Molly came into our family, he was going to give her an ornament made of wood. So if you come over to my house and you see my Christmas tree, you'll see it's covered in snowmen uh, because I've got years and years and years of snowmen. But at some point, my dad just decided, you know what? I don't have to think about this. I'm just going to give Luke a snowman every year. And so I think that's pretty cool. I actually think this is some of the genius, if you think about it, of Costco. You know, you go to Costco, they don't have a hundred different kinds of olive oil. They got one. They don't have a hundred different kinds of peanut butter. They got one. And uh, part of what makes that a simple experience is that they've just decided once. And so I want to ask you, what are some things that you need to decide now? You need to pre-decide, that you need to decide once. This is just how I do it. If you're part of a family, this is just how we do it. So here's some ideas. I think you should pre-decide 
to attend church whenever you're in town. I think you should just go ahead and say, you know what, anytime I'm in town, I am going to find my way over to uh, the church campus. I'm going to be there. I'm going to greet people. I'm going to participate in the ministry of the pew. I'm going to sing. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be a physical part of the body of Christ. I think that if at all possible, you should just pre pre-decide. Uh, I know one pastor, he says, you know, Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. And his point with that is saying, you know, if, if you just sort of wait till like, well, do I feel like it? Well, how much energy do I have? Well, I don't know. You're often going to decide to not participate. And so that's a decision you could just say, you know, I'm going to decide this now. Now, I know some of you for health reasons and other things, that's a difficult decision. But if you're in a healthy position and you could actually participate in the life of the church, if your kids could week in and week out have people loving them, knowing them, centering them on Jesus, oh my goodness, what a blessing that would be. And if rather than trying to figure it out each week and have all the decision fatigue, if you just said, you know what, this is what we do on Sundays, that'd be a great decision to decide now. And it'll bear fruit later. Another decision you could make relates to your money, right? You probably, I mean, some of you, depending on your industry and your work, you, but, but a lot of us have a, some sense of like, here's what I'm going to make next year. Well, how much of that are you going to spend? How much of that are you going to save? How much of that are you going to give? You know, you could just go ahead and pre-decide that, right? A lot of times we find that we don't have anything in savings because we haven't made a plan to save. A lot of times we end up financially, uh, when it comes to giving in the church, we end up kind of like God tippers. We sort of go, well, if I have anything left, I guess I'll tip, tip God. And the reality is you could just decide now, here's how much we're going to spend. Here's how much we're going to save. Here's how much we're going to give. I think you'd find a lot more freedom in a pre-decision like that, rather than having, I mean, money is stressful enough. If you have to figure out all the time where it's all going, man, that's just a lot of pressure. Another one that's kind of an interesting idea uh, that you could pre-decide that I think has the potential to bear fruit. Again, I don't have a verse for this. I just think it's kind of an interesting idea is uh, the idea of picking a word for the year, picking a word for the year. So I know people that have kind of made a big deal of this. And they've said, you know, each, each year I try to have a word. And so uh, they've gone away and they've prayed and they've kind of asked the Lord, Lord, what is there a word? Is there something that, right? So, so one year I knew someone who they said, you know, my word for this year is grace. I just, I, I realized God wants to teach me grace. He wants me to be gracious to myself, gracious to other people. I need to be filled with grace. And I've always been a little skeptical of this. I mean, it's like, I don't know, I just, just, I don't know. It just feels funny to me for whatever reason. But this year, my mind changed. There's a woman in our church who did this, and actually uh, her word for the year was wonder. Wonder. She just kind of realized, I, I want the Lord to stir wonder in me. And I've uh, had conversations with her and exchanged emails with her and seen some of her things on social media. And I've, and I've just noticed that as, as she's focused on wonder, and she just made that pre-decision, right? At the beginning of the year, I'm going to look for things that inspire wonder in me. And you know what? She found it. And so this has been a year for her of worshiping God in these big ways and seeing the beauty of God's creation and seeing all these wonderful places that the world is packed with wonder because there's a beautiful God who made it. So those are some ideas, but you just could ask yourself right now, what are some decisions I could make now? What are some pre-decisions I could make that would bear fruit in the year to come? Listen, I want you to have a great year. I want us together as a church family to have a great year. And I don't know what's coming. I wish I did. Actually, I don't know if I wish I did. 
But I don't know what's coming. But I do think there will be challenges. I do think there will be trials. And I think if we focus on these things, if we have a plan to connect with God, if we have some way to try to prepare ourselves and our relationships for the pain that might be coming, and if we make some decide-once pre-decisions that bear fruit, I I think we're going to end up having a really great year. So that's my prayer for you. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'll invite Stephen to uh, lead us in a couple songs. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this year. Give us your grace. Give us your wisdom. Give us wonder as we head into it. And God, would you help us to have a really great 2022? We pray in Jesus.